Welcome back to Bitch Call Your Sponsor. I'm Sam. And I'm Misty. Hi, Misty. Shall we do our primary purpose? Let's. Our, our primary, primary purpose, purpose is for is Misty, for Misty and Sam to grow, grow their, their friendship and, and maybe, maybe help, others. help others. So the topic I am bringing to us today is hope versus optimism. I have never really enjoyed either of those words, Um but I'm I'm taking a liking to uh, hope uh, based on this new definition that I came across. So I'm going to read it. Um, so this is from Arthur C. Brooks, who is from Harvard and has been studying happiness for the past, I think, 25 years. Optimism is the belief that things will turn out all right. Hope makes no such assumption but it's a conviction that one can act to make things better in some way. Um, so optimism for me, sometimes I, I think like in program, there can be this like toxic, you know, spiritual bypass, like slap some gratitude on it, you know, which for <laughs> me is like kind of like the optimism piece. I, I kind of like those kind of like intersect in my brain or merge into one thing. Um, but this hope piece, I guess the, the reason why I didn't really like it initially, cause it's focused on the future versus now. Um, but I, I do identify with this definition in the sense of like, I didn't know or think that I could stay sober, um, and, or what it actually looked like until I came to the rooms and saw people with sobriety and that were sane, um, and that were believable that like, oh, well, maybe I can do this. Um, so I'll leave it there and see if anything's coming up for you. Yeah, I really like this. I can't tell from the quote whether they're for hope or optimism. Can you help me with that? Yeah, so he is totally for hope. Um, because it, his whole thing is about agency, like we can actually take action that will impact um, how how we are versus like it's this mind thing where it's like, oh, just, you know, it's a belief, you know, versus this action is, I think, the distinction that the uh, definition brings up. It's interesting. It's making me think of a couple of things. One is I remember feeling so good about hope when Obama was running and then somebody said something about, well, hope isn't real or I don't know. They, they just really smashed my belief about the word hope. And I was like, mm. okay, thanks for that. So I like this way better because I am a big believer in we can change our destiny so mm. like some people believe that it's God's will, it's all plotted out, nothing you think, say or do can change it and you're on the course that you're supposed to be on. And I believe that like everything I think, say or do does affect the course that I'm on or the course mm. that I'm in right now. 
the the now of it all. Yeah, it's. Um, I mean, we'll go into this. I think it's a later topic that I thought of, of, which is you know karma, where every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. You know, and so I think for me coming into recovery, it was like okay, so what are these actions? And, you know, at first it was like the halt and like not drinking today, like not picking up the drink today, you know, which is, you know, still, still the goal, you know, like for me is like, Mm -hmm. uh, regardless how much time or whatever, it's like that always is my headline because I can't deal with all the other stuff. If I'm to the level that I have been able to, if I'm not sober. Right. Um, so the other side of this is like this future thing where it's like, I think a lot of, you know, for me, a lot of the experience of applying these principles in all my affairs, you know, tends to get me out of my brain, you know, and, uh, more into my body and more into the present, you know, uh, the stories become less activated or they actually change the stories and narratives that I, continue to believe in or you know whatever based on actual facts you know like uh i was thinking recently to my ninth step and you know my mother uh in having that conversation i was brought into actual reality where i was like oh yeah like all the shit that i thought was true was some of it was fancied it wasn't 100 like what? I love a real life example. So like, you know, I never realized how much she worried about me. I thought she didn't care about me. That was my narrative. No. Right. And when she, when I said, is there anything left? You know, she said, yeah, you know, I found it so hard, you know, to say mm-hmm. no to you. You know, when I was like, mom, I need more money. Like I was the youngest kid. No. So I pulled that string, you know, like, I can't believe you're only giving me this much. Like, you know, and she was oh like, God, you know, a woman that worked very hard and had a, a very strong, you know, uh, work ethic to provide for her children. You know, in America, she was the first on both sides of, uh, you know, on her side of the family to move here you know, being a physician in the 60s and all of these things. And, you know, um, so I didn't realize how difficult that was for her to say no to me. I Uh didn't realize that she was up like for years, years, up for years, uh, sitting by her phone, you know, Mm -hmm. um sleeping with her phone this was pre-cell phone so there was a wire (laughs) uh, attached to the phone at some points and then there was a cordless headset that was in her bed with her you know Uh and i never saw that you know i told myself this bitch is not giving me not like she doesn't (laughs) love me because she should be giving me more like what's wrong with her doesn't she know you know i never i never I only saw things through my lens, you know, of right. what I wasn't getting. Right. Which is so natural. I mean, it's just very natural. Every kid, you know, sees things through their perspective. And and what's also natural is to re-examine and to self-examine and to grow and to see things from a different point of view. Mm. So you're doing all of that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the program that's, you know, helped me shift that view. Right. I think that 
without this leading a self-examined life through this, it's it's just mm-hmm. very selfish and it can be selfish, self-centered and self-pity is, are like the things that usually tend to drive me. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know. For me, when I was out there drinking, it's not that I was just being selfish and self-centered and self-pity. It's just I wasn't participating in life. You know, I was checked out. I was, um, yeah, selfish and self-centered and doing my own thing, sure. But when I come in the program, I'm now interacting and dealing with everybody else. And I'm not always behaving selfish and self-centeredly. I'm just behaving in a way that's like reactionary or Mm. the way I've learned or, you know, I don't know. I just speaking of like how optimism gets thrown around and just put a happy on it. I, I, a lot of selfish gets thrown around in these rooms and so much of it is learned behavior. It's not, we don't know a different way. Well, I think I would add another layer is that I was looking to survive period. Yeah. Right. And so if I look through the lens of ACA as a child, I was looking for safety and and for survival. And whatever that was, was, you know, fill in the blank. My mother being the perfectionist, like that's what love looks like. I need to be perfect. You know, Um, I need to achieve so that I can receive love like that was all survival. Right. And then the selfish, self-centered that our book, I think, talks through is 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 survival can also be looked through the lens of I was trying to survive no one showed me how to manage emotions all I knew was the art of manipulation that's that's manipulating myself to look at things you know fantasy looking through things through whatever glasses rose glasses or whatever and like yeah I think it could be self selfish self-centered but I think through the lens of survival like yeah 100 right right and I I was in a meeting yesterday where people were it was on the seventh step and it was really good but people were talking about their character defects and how they still have some of these character defects and how they, they can and I just was like man, these were growth nodules that I grew. (laughs) They weren't, they're not character defects. I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. Um, They were nodules that grew on my brain as survival tools. And now we're undoing the process of me learning. I don't have to have them to get around anymore. And that takes some unlearning. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean I'm doing anything wrong if you know, sometimes that pattern plays itself out. Yeah. And I know you love the character interestings. I mm-hmm. have been really drawn to like the defects are defenses, you know, like mm. from this lens of safety and yeah. protecting myself, you know. Um, and those are very, um, they go really, really deep. Right. Yeah, of course they go deep. I mean, these were like ground zero, laying it down, laying the tracks down and going, this is how we're going to operate. It's interesting. I'm doing this story right now, and I've been so proud of myself of how great this story is I'm doing. Um, And it's about when I was six years old. And, you know, when I find out that my 
stepdad who I thought was my dad when my mom tells me that's not your dad, that's just a dude. And mm. then in that same amount of time, his parents kidnap me and mm. I'm six years old and they take me away to a farm. And when I ask about my mom, they tell me that she's just dead. And um, this really happened. <laughs> um, and so I'm grieving my mother. But at the same time, I have this grandmother. You can hear that, can't you? Yeah, we love it. We're we're in we're in the wilds. <laughs> this is real. This is real worlds. The wilds of Los Angeles. <laughs> um. So this grandmother. They take me away to a farm in Lukenbach, Texas, and she's fixing me peanut butter and jellies. And she asks me if I want the crust cut off. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, no one's ever asked me, what do I want? What does that have to do with anything? You know? And I and I go ahead, she cuts the crust off, I watch her and I'm just like amazed and and there was discipline. I barely even watched TV when I was there. I had a set bedtime. I had three meals a day. And at a certain point, you know, I come in, I hear my mom on the phone with her and I'm like, my mom's alive. <laughs> and then... my mom had to get a lawyer and a private detective to find me and I eventually get back to my mom. And I get back to my mom and I remember her making me a sandwich and I go, oh, I, I like the crust cut off. And she's like, you don't like that. That's the best part. You love this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, it's easier for her to not cut the crust off, you know. And I'm yeah. like, which which way was better? I mean, I know this woman kidnapped me. OK, but mm. she went to a lot of effort. <laughs> You know, and which was I better off with? And there's something about the discipline and the no and the, you know, someone asking you what your needs are and getting a chance to find out what they are and growing up in a home where that's uh, that's cultivated, that's encouraged, that's there's a safe place for it. Mm. Oh, my heart hurts that this. um. Oh, I just like I'm just envisioning little Misty and then I'm also um how confusing, right? <laughs> it's it's like yeah. it sounds unreal, you know, like um uh it is unreal and it's like the smallest moment. You know, mm. and that's the thing. It's taken me all these decades to realize and to look back on and go, oh, that's the moment. Like, mm. that's mm. the good part. It's literally crust being sliced off a piece of bread. Mm. And mm. that reframes the difference between somebody who's who I have to abandon myself for and somebody who says, what do you want? Call your sponsor. Call your sponsor. Call Send us an email with comments, questions, or concerns. BCY sponsor at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate five stars.